0: Welcome back, folks. Uh, another episode of Across the Pond NBA podcast. Um, with us tonight, we've got uh, Gabby Herbot. Um I'll let her introduce herself. Say hi, Gabby.
1: Hi, how's it going?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Um, tell people a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. So first of all, it's an honor um, being on the show. I'm really excited that, that you guys asked me to do it. I'm definitely looking forward to it. But yeah, so I have been involved with sports for a while I was I grew up 10 minutes away from the UConn campus so I grew up going to UConn basketball and football games with my dad so that kind of sparked my interest in sports originally and then being from Connecticut a lot of times you're either a New York or Boston sports fan because those are the closest places so I ended up going with Boston because of my cousins who are all Boston fans and they kind of encouraged me at a young age to be a Boston sports fan so was pretty surrounded by Boston sports my whole life would watch a lot of games and everything and then when I was going to college I knew that going into sports was something I wanted to do. so I was looking at colleges that had good sports media programs so ended up going to Ithaca College in upstate New York for four years which was awesome. It was a great experience. I loved being there. They have a great program for media there. Um, I learned a lot I had a lot of internships during my college experience too, in various parts of the media industry. So I felt like I really got a grasp, a good grasp of what was, what the media industry was about and the different aspects and things that it offers. So I graduated from college in May, 2018, and then started looking for jobs in sports media, got a job at ESPN in August, 2018. Um, so a few months after I graduated, on their digital video social media team, so primarily cutting video for all of their online and social media platforms, whether that be from live games or studio shows, and I got to, you know, work on a lot of long-term creative projects, so longer form YouTube videos and things like that, and, and pitch a lot of creative ideas, so it was a lot of online work, but a lot of multitasking and be having to keep track of multiple sports and multiple teams and games at once. And then recently in December, I decided to launch my own sports podcast. So I just figured it was another thing for me to do to just gain more experience and develop my own platform to be able to be creative and express my ideas on things. So it's Boston Sports related. The podcast is called Boston Balling. It basically just focuses on the latest in all things Boston sports. And I bring guests on every week that are affiliated with Boston sports in some way. Then they talk about their experiences and their ideas about different Boston teams. So it's been a cool experience because I've gotten to talk to a lot of cool people and it's only been around for a couple months, but I have so many high hopes for the show. I hope to have it continue to grow and just keep developing more of an audience on it and I just have a lot of long-term goals for it so that's been really fun too so sports have just kind of been a big part of my background for a while
0: cool cool it sounds like you've kind of uh, came through the ranks a bit like what Eric Spoltra at the Heat video yeah. analyst <laughs> suddenly you know promoting uh, sports in a big big way yeah that's pretty cool <laughs>
1: yeah no and, and, and there's there's so many and, and I feel like even with with the podcasting aspect there's a lot of athletes or or a lot of people well known in sports that have their own podcasts on the side now too so that part of the industry is growing and growing more i find and a lot of people listen to podcasts when they're driving to and from work or what have you so it's a good it's kind of a good path to take for people that are that are hoping to move into sports
0: yeah yeah totally i mean um i just remember like um a couple of years ago when uh, cj mccollum was out and He, i'm pretty sure he started his own uh podcast for a bit as well oh, and yeah. then you obviously got uh, jj reddick it uh, has his own i think he's got his own like whole network or something like that now uh, i was reading but it's it's pretty cool pretty cool he did go cool about it and um, so yeah um we've got you on um to talk about um some of the big stories that's been happening uh around the nba um this week, so I think what we're we're gonna start with is possibly the most informed team up until last night. That is uh, Utah Jazz, um, eleven wins. They they almost um, equaled uh, their longest streak since two thousand and nine, uh, but Denver had other ideas. What's your take on the Utah Jazz this year?
1: Yeah, you know I think that the people have a lot of mixed feelings on the Jazz. They're one of those teams that people have never really wanted to take really seriously. I think that they started off, really really well obviously going on an 11 game win streak is is really good especially with teams struggling other teams coming out of the bubble and adjusting to this new season and the COVID protocols and everything else I think it's really telling of the type of team they'll be this year I I do worry a little bit about inconsistency especially on the defensive side of the ball with them but they're they're spending a lot of money this year on, on on their talent and I think that with, you know, I think Donovan Mitchell at this point is just really ready to kind of go all the way. And and with the amount of money that they're spending on him, I think it's basically that they're they're kind of in that mode now where they're ready to make a, a serious run for the whole thing. I do definitely think that based on the way they're playing and, and the talent they have, I think they will be a playoff team. I think that they need to get better on defense, especially with guarding the three um in 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 the perimeter shooting but i think overall that they're they're looking really good and obviously you know all winning streaks are going to come to an end and especially with how many games they play you're not going to win all the games and and you're not going to show up and play your best basketball every night but i've been impressed and surprised overall from what i've seen from them so far and i think that they're on pace to definitely be contenders in the West. And I think if they play the way that they're playing now, I think some of these other teams in the West might not want to play them. If they start to get hot again and it's heading towards the end of the regular season into the post season, I think that they're a team that some of those other teams might not want to play if they can figure everything out.
0: Yeah, I, I, I got to agree. I mean, I, I, I think like their, their defense has always been, notoriously stingy
1: yeah. um,
0: about giving up points. I mean, they're, they're ranked third in the league this year, uh, which is, you know, it's kind of just kind of attributed to how Gober and how um, their, their guards are really kind of stepping up. Um, they've really got a lot of production from uh, Jordan Clarkson this year. I know yeah. a lot of his numbers are basically just scoring and uh, the odd occasional assist and stuff, but he the amount of deflections, the amount of um, brush shots that he forces... Some of the some of the opposing guards to take um has really made his role on that team super super valuable um one of the one of the questions I really have about them though is how how deep actually are they i mean they 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 seem to always play like eight to nine guys and when we seen uh donovan Mitchell go out for concussion protocol, I really thought that their their win streak would come to an end, but I think they got they got lucky in the scheduling there. Um, and it didn't really affect them that much because they they obviously had enough and uh, bogey somehow found his shooting stroke after a very very weird slump to the start of the season that he had. So I think that now he's now uh, Donovan's back and uh, they've got they seem to have uh, uh Bogdanovich uh, from three. They'll it, it, be a really tough team to stop. Um, what the one thing I always worry about them uh, when they get to the playoffs. Is um, the fact that that they they don't seem to put teams down, like they always seem to stay in very very close games. Like you never see them just totally route a team, uh, which obviously it it did it did kind of come back to bite them last year uh, when Denver put them out. So it'll be very interesting to find out if they they've kind of sorted that this year and if they they've got that kind of killer mentality that um, they seem to have been lacking the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I've never doubted the talent. I mean, the talent is there on paper. If you look at this team and, and how it's built, there's a lot of talent there. And so they are a team that really can compete, but, but you're right. I, I think that there's a lot of question marks surrounding their depth right now. Cause it's it's one thing to have a lot of these talented players but then when you play hard teams on your schedule I think maybe we really will start to see that becoming an issue as time goes on and and I agree about the schedule it's a lot it was a lot harder to really see that right now because of just how their schedule was made up but I think that that's going to be something that later on might might affect them more and also I think that you know with the talent that they do have I think Offensively, it seems like everybody's really clicking. But yeah, they—they are always in the postseason. Are kind of sneaking by teams when they win. There's not really decisive series wins or even just individual game wins. They always are just one of those teams that's hanging in there with with everyone else, but isn't exactly like convincingly beating anybody. It's either they lose or they just are really close in games. And you can't have that when you go up against teams like the Lakers or other competitive teams in the West. I think that that's going to be something that, especially on defense, if they're in close games and they have to rely on their defense to help win games, I wouldn't necessarily bet on that defense to be a, to be a defense that I feel confident enough in to be able to help win these games. Um, it, it's just, I think, I think that they're definitely a team that we still need to see more of um, because they look really good right now, but that could easily change. And there's a lot of season left. And I think there's still some question marks there, but based on how they're playing now, if they continue to play like that and they can get some things figured, figured out, then I do think that they can be serious contenders.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I, I actually, I think that the, if they did match up with Denver uh, the way that Denver have been playing this season, I think they take that season that that series this season, mainly for the fact that um, Denver have looked really shaky. Um, other than Jokic, it seems like no one else can uh, put a consistent string of two or three games together. Um, which I'm not really that surprised. They they lost uh, a lot of their depth. They they got rid of uh, obviously Torrey Craig. They let uh, Jeremy Grant go. They 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 let um. One of the other uh, big men go uh, Plumley. So they've lost a lot of their kind of depth there. And although they've got a lot of young guards and a lot of young guys coming through in Denver, I don't think that suits well how Jokic and how uh, Murray really like to play. I think they, they like to be very uh, set in their ways. So it will be interesting to find out if they do match up again and see what kind of result that, that does uh, produce.
1: That's that series was just crazy. And I mean, the thing about Denver is last year, they were one of those teams that people really thought could go to the finals. They, they, I mean, they were a really solid team, especially down the stretch. And they really looked like a team that that could pull off the upsets and go to the finals, but they're just not looking like that team this year. And I thought they were going to come in strong after the after their result last year um, in the bubble but they they're not they're, they're definitely struggling right now more so than I thought that they would and again it's still early but I think you're totally right I think that they're one of those teams that I would I would as of right now pick Utah over Denver pretty confidently just based on the way that Denver's playing right now and how they don't seem to really have a lot of offensive chemistry that right now in terms of getting more people involved.
0: Yeah. I, I watched a lot of that, that game last night, actually. And uh, although Denver did win it and they, they, they really served up to the jazz in the first half, the jazz went into a, a zone and Denver couldn't figure out how to, how to beat it. They were just, you know, throwing up, random threes. And they're getting towards the rim and then just couldn't figure out how to get the ball in the basket. It was really, really strange. Um, so yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting to find out how um, uh, they they really sort that for the next time they come up against each other because obviously Utah, Utah now know that uh, Denver can't cope with the zone so it will be interesting uh, moving on to our, our, our next uh, our next story it wouldn't it wouldn't be it wouldn't be right if we didn't talk a little bit about your your Boston Celtics um, so obviously um, the last week or so uh, Tatum's been out. They've had they've had a couple of good wins. Marcus Smart coming up uh, big in a couple of games, Daniel Tice coming up big in a couple of games. Uh, Jalen Brown's really been the, the real kinda centerpiece where he's kinda pulled everyone together um while Tatum's been out. That those two games that Tatum's been back, they they've lost two. They've lost two in a row. What's what's your take on how, how Boston are doing?
1: Yeah, you know, This is definitely a topic that I have some mixed feelings on because I've always said that the Celtics have holes and I think that they lacked depth for for a a lot of years that was kind of preventing them from going all the way. And I still think there is a depth issue overall with this team. I think you have a really talented starting five and then maybe a few other guys off the bench you can bring in. But there's a lot of other teams that have more depth in the league than them and the thing about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is that duo together was was looking really scary before Tatum was out they were pretty much kind of that glue that held the team together and and it was either it was the majority of the time it was one of the two of them that you could turn to and was taking shots and was really carrying the offense so it it was really that duo that's if they continue to play together and neither of them leaves the Celtics, I think that's going to be a force to be reckoned with for other teams in the future. Cause those two together, the more chemistry that they develop, I think is, is really, really good. And I know for a while there was talk going around of trading Jalen Brown. Um, but, um, you know, especially when James Harden was still on the table, but I, I never liked that because I think he's a really good young talent that could have a really good career in Boston. I think if, if he and Jason Tatum continue to play off of each other, then that could be really good. But at the same time, it's it's concerning watching them lose the last couple of games. And I don't want to say super concerning because they did hang with the Lakers. They only lost that game by one. So that was frustrating um, to see, but at the same time they had opportunities that, 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 they just fail to deliver on and their defense is still inconsistent. And I worry about that. Um, And with Kemba, I know people are kind of not high on Kemba right now either, but you know, the guy just came off of an injury and is coming back. And the first few games he was back, you had to have expected him to be rusty just because He's been away from the game and I think there's, it's a matter of reestablishing chemistry with him in the offense. And they've had a lot of other players that have stepped up. I mean, Marcus smart recently, and even Peyton Pritchard, who is, is, I mean, he's really talented too. He was good in college and he's been stepping up too in the games that he's played. And so I think that they were really feeling the chemistry there. And now that Kemba returned, that changes things a little bit with the offense Cause his playing style is a little bit different. And then now that Tatum's back and Tatum was on a hiatus for a while and, and not playing. I think that the heat still needs to get back to being reacclimated with the team. I, I overall thought that they, they played well against, against a good Lakers team. And it was nice to see them kind of hang with, with the Lakers. And I thought I was really hoping that they would, that they would score at the end to um, win the game. But Kemba, hasn't really been clutch when he needs to be clutch. So I think that that's a problem that needs to be addressed. Still, I'm, I'm willing to kind of stay patient, though, and give it more time and just wait for Tatum to kind of get back into the swing of things. And who knows what, what's going on with Kemba. I mean, it's it's he still is just kind of recovering. So there's some question marks there, I think, too. But overall, I'm, I'm willing to kind of be patient and just – see what happens and just hope that they can just kind of get back on track and start playing better basketball. Cause I do think that when, when they're playing at their best, they're kind of a really scary team to play. And I think there's a lot of other teams that wouldn't want to see this Celtics team when they're playing at their best, but th- that's the key is like, they need to be playing their best basketball and they're not really doing that right now. And I think that there's a lot of different factors contributing to that but I'm kind of willing to stay patient and just see what happens the more the more time that Tatum and and Kemba have been kind of reintroduced even though Kemba wasn't gone for nearly as long but it's you know it's it's telling that he was that he was gone and had to quarantine and everything and it's kind of showing now that that he's coming back because I think he was getting into his groove before so that definitely hurt but I think since it's still early in the season I think those are things that could be figured out
0: yeah definitely like I, I've been I've been very surprised at how how well the, the rotations have been I, I got to take my hat off to Brad Stevens how, how the fact that he's got a lot, lot of young pieces and a lot of uh, not not so much um inexperienced guys to the NBA but inexperienced guys to to the system, really, that that he he seems to run there. You've got the likes of um, Jeff Teague and uh, Tristan Thompson coming in, producing some real good, valuable minutes. Yeah, those were
1: key. Those were key moves that they made, and I'm I'm happy that they made those moves.
0: Yeah, like I I, I do worry about um what what who the who the starting center actually is because um I mean is really you know he, he's kind of proven that he's. He's definitely more kind of versatile, uh, center. Um, definitely more of a kind of offensive threat than than Thompson is. Um, but then you've also got uh, the likes of uh, Williams coming off the bench, who is he's looking like a bit of a player. So it will be interesting to find out whose minutes that Williams actually does take. If it's going to be Tice or if it's going to be uh, Thompson. W- w- what's your thoughts yeah. on who's who's going to okay. be who's going to be one yeah, to give no,
1: up? That's um that's been something that. Cause the center position for a while was an issue that was a concern. And even last year in the bubble, that kind of came came through that there was kind of a question mark at the center position. Then when they went and got Tristan Thompson, I was like, okay, yeah, for sure. That makes sense. He'll be the starting center, but Tice has kind of shown more this year than, than he really has shown in the past. I mean, he's one of those players that people were thought was a solid player to have on the roster, but wasn't necessarily somebody they thought was, starting caliber so somebody that could come in to the game off the bench but couldn't start but he's he's proving to me to be more versatile and can score more and I think that we need somebody in that position that can do that and I'd rather see Tice out there than Thompson as of right now. And obviously that could change as the season goes on. But from what I've seen from Tice, it's been a pleasant surprise this year. And and he's shown that he can be productive on both sides of the ball more so than than Thompson can be, because Thompson isn't as much of a threat offensively. So I think if we can find if we can have Tice be the one that starts that can kind of that's more diverse and can be a threat on both sides of the ball, then I could see Brad Stevens kind of having him be the starter and Thompson would come off the bench.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think I think that's probably the way it's it's gonna it's gonna be. Um yeah, I, I think that, that Boston have a real good shot at, you know, um challenging for that the East the East title this year. Um it will be interesting to find out if they if they can uh get over the kind of juggernaut that seems to be Philadelphia just now. They just seem to be just on a total roll they just seem to be steamrolling teams no matter if uh, Joel Embiid plays or not they just you know I
1: worry about them yeah i definitely worry about Philly they're they're uh, one of my biggest concerns in the east right now
0: yeah that's um i, I got to say I, i'm very i'm very surprised at how how well uh, Dwight Howard is fitting to, fitting into that system i didn't i didn't think it was going to fit uh, mainly for the fact that um Tobias Harris has never been a real good, consistent three-point shooter. Ben Simmons, as you know, doesn't shoot threes. Uh, Dwight Howard, all he seems to do is pick and roll. and um, The three of them, you know, on the floor at the same time, I didn't think that was going to work, but it seems to be working. And the fact yeah. that their shooters are actually, you know, hitting some shots. Um, I was watching the game the other night and Korkmaz just, you know, couldn't miss. It was... Almost uh, tatum esque if you ask, if you if if I can say that, uh, and the amount of threes he was just throwing up near the end of a shot clock, and it was it was going in. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, the next kind of matchup between Boston and Philly, uh, if they're at full strength, both teams, because I think we had a matchup earlier on this season, and, yeah, we and they it. were both a little depleted. So kind of a slight um, kind of letdown, and on that kind of on that kind of end, we we're kind of robbed of a of a good good game there so by now you'll have seen our website atpsports.net it's, you are going to admit it's pretty awesome it was brought to you by the team at data squared you can find them on the web data sq2.co.uk they're dedicated to bringing you the very best in website design hosting and security their aim is to provide you with the very best package you need to help you spread the word about your business Data Squared will design and build a website for you and they'll build it not just for desktop but for all devices so you can be seen on the move. Data Squared will help you choose your domain, making sure it's relevant to you and your business and they'll open up an online store for you. They have the tools um, so you can keep track of customers, their orders, stock and much, much more. So why not expand your business online today with Data Squared? Visit datasq2.co.uk. Um, talking of um, some, some robs uh, of good games um, Memphis, uh, after what seems to be about four and a half years off playing basketball Are now getting back to playing basketball um, <laughs> After all their COVID issues they, they seem to be now have enough members to, to string together a starting five um, It'll be interesting to find out how well they do in their first couple of games uh, I'm particularly interested to find out how long uh, Triple J's out for uh, and if uh, JV's going to come back anytime soon as well. So what's your take on how, how Memphis have put together the start of the season?
1: Yeah, you know, I definitely am a little concerned. I mean, they've, they were playing pretty good basketball before their COVID break. And, you know, basketball is one of those things that you can't really take too much time off from the sport or else you're going to start to lose some chemistry that was already established and just kind of your regular, your regular routine. And it's more so in that sport than some other sports. I find that it it gets really hard when you took a long break to come back. And I, I think that I don't, I don't, I'm not as worried about longer term as the season goes on. I think that things obviously will, will fall back into place for them as the season goes on. But I think that before the COVID break, they, you know, they looked pretty good, but they had some things that they were, that they had to work out. And then now they're back. And I, I, I mean, I am worried that they're going to take some time to get back into the flow of things. And yeah, I know it's a long season. So obviously there's room for, for being able to adjust back into everything. But I think their first few games might be a little rough because of all the COVID stuff and not having everybody at full strength. And I think there's a lot of circumstances that are kind of pointing to them maybe struggling at first while they get back into the flow of everything.
0: Yeah, I I, I got to agree there. I mean, the the start of the season, I actually, I didn't see that coming. I, I actually thought that they were not going to be as strong as this. Uh, mainly for the fact that they had uh, Triple J out Um, Jamorant had a real good rookie season and I didn't think it was going to continue I thought he was going to take maybe a bit of a a back step just as a you know maybe ramp it up as the season goes on but he just came in on an absolute tear and I think that um, they're going to really be kicking themselves if this does cause them to have a bit of a blip Um, just in the fact that the whole Western Conference this year is a bit kind of topsy-turvy, you've got the likes of Houston, who lost James Harden and then suddenly started winning. You've got Dallas, who have, you know, had a lot of guys out for COVID and um, haven't really started firing yet. Uh, You've got Portland, who obviously have lost Nurkic and uh, CJ now for a little bit. Um, So you've got a whole bunch of teams who you would usually consider definite playoff teams. And Memphis were so close last season, I thought that, you know, I thought that the, the run that they went on, they, they might get there. Um, so this season, I thought, after that start, yeah, they're probably going to make it. They're probably going to sneak in maybe eighth seed or seventh seed. So it'll be interesting to see how long it takes them to get back where they want to be. Yeah, um, I
1: definitely think they could sneak in. I think they're a team that um people, you know, weren't really paying a lot of attention to because, like you said, I think there were a lot of people that felt like we did, that the season would start this year – And they wouldn't really be a team that anybody really had to worry about or, or focus on really, but based on the way they were playing, if they can get back to that level quicker, sooner rather than later, after their COVID break, they're definitely a team that I could see sneaking in probably, you know, in a higher seed, like a seven, seven or eight type of thing, maybe even six, but I definitely could see them being a playoff team if they continue to play at this level. But again, obviously there's a lot of circumstances there with with COVID and and injuries and everything else and and indefinite absences. But I think that overall, I think they're a team that I could see sneaking into the playoffs if they just can figure things out and, and get back into the flow of things quicker. And it's just unfortunate with this season and with COVID being an issue because You don't, it's hard to know if that's going to really affect a team long term or not. And it would just, it would be, I'd be, it'd be disappointing to see them kind of not be able to figure things out and um, just kind of not get back to where they were. But I think, luckily, since it's still early enough in the season, I think that that's not going to be an issue. And there might be some frustrations for the fans for a little while but I think eventually there's enough more than enough time left in the season where they'll be able to get back on track and, and figure that out and then probably be a team that sneaks into the playoffs
0: yeah yeah I, I think I think they'll get there I, I do think they'll get there I, I really like their um their fact that they've got so much versatility at the at the kind of at the big position they've got Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Triple G. They've got um, Brand uh, Brandon Clark, and uh, that Xavier Tillman looks like Tillman's pretty good. Yeah, looks like a real good player.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, well, there's been some talk I know about possibly trading Valanciunas too. um, That they've been kind of talking about possibly trading him, but I don't think that that would realistically happen unless they know that they're not contenders and. The, the chances right now are kind of higher that they might be a playoff team than not. So I don't really see them making any of those types of of moves if unless they really think that they're not going to be contenders.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, talking about um, teams who a lot of people had as contenders, uh, the Wizards, um, a lot of people saw that uh, trade that um, sent... John Wall to Houston and Westbrook to the Wizards as a, as a good thing for the Wizards. Not as possibly um, you know high seeds or anything like that, but they thought that um, the East possibly could have the Wizards in the playoff again. Um, obviously, it's not turned out that way um, so far anyway. Um, Bradley Beal spending more time looking like the sad kid who's lost all his marbles down a drain. Um, but they had a a big win over um, Westbrook's friend or ex friend last night. Yeah. What's your What's your take on a uh, on uh, the, the the Westbrook hitting the game winning three against uh, Kevin Durant?
1: Yeah. No, that was crazy. I mean, I that whole game for for the majority of the game. I mean they really were out of it. I mean, I, I remember looking at the score early on and Brooklyn was up by a lot. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is just going to be, Brooklyn's going to win this game. Even going into the game, I, I really had picked Brooklyn to win just because of the way that that the Wizards have been playing. But then at the end there, when all that drama started, when Bradley Beal hit that shot and then um, Russell Westbrook comes in and hits that three, I was like, wow, what a, what a crazy comeback this was for Washington. And, and it almost makes me wonder if that's kind of, the fuel that they needed to maybe turn their season around now. And on paper, I really did think that that trade was going to benefit them. I was like, oh yeah, now they have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal together. This might be good, but you know, Bradley Beal and John Wall together was a good duo. And when John Wall left, I really thought that maybe Bradley Beal wouldn't want to stay there and that he would maybe want to request a trade or, or look into leaving the Wizards. Um, because John Wall was kind of his partner in crime there. So when he left in that trade, I I thought that maybe we would see Bradley Beal go too, or that what would make the most sense would be for them to trade him also, but they haven't. And so now we're kind of seeing this team that's underperforming based on what they have. And I, I do think chemistry is a part of that and them having to establish some chemistry with Russell Westbrook being in the equation now, because, you know, he's the type of player that is um, kind of very much a a different type of player than Bradley Beal. So I think that the chemistry there is something we knew was probably going to be an issue going in, which is another reason kind of why I, why why I thought that maybe they would try to uh, trade Bradley Beal too. But I think that that comeback that they had last night kind of shows the fire in them a little bit that maybe like that was the game and the result that they needed to maybe try to turn their season around and be like, okay, you know, we like, we, we, we weren't playing well, but we got this. Like if we can come back and beat teams like the Nets, then I think that that might be what they needed to kind of just turn things around and maybe going forward, they'll, they'll start to play better basketball. But I definitely overall, After that trade, I think that that was very, very hyped up as a trade just because we all thought that it was going to be really good for them and that on paper they were going to be contenders. But as of right now, I mean, they need to change something or else they won't go to the postseason. But uh, we'll see what happens. I'm I'm interested in seeing what happens now going forward after last night's win, because that could have just been kind of that fire they needed to start to figure things out and turn things around.
0: Yeah, I think like last, I, I wouldn't read that much into last night's win, mainly for the fact that the Nets are just notorious for, you know, giving up massive leads and they're, they're notorious for not playing any defense. And that, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what happened. In eight seconds, you let an opponent score eight points. You know, yeah. there there was no Trace McGrady on the floor. What, who, who's shooting and scoring eight points in eight seconds when you're trying to defend the lead, when you're in a really close game? You know that's it. Just it epitomizes how bad the Nets are at defense, and that's that's yeah, why I'll never, really I will never be big on the Nets until they sort of their defensive issues. Like they can have all the stars they want, they can play Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving forty-two minutes a night and run them into the ground, but they're not going to win any basketball games, and they're definitely going to win in the playoffs until they sort of their defense.
1: No, yeah, I've always said about Brooklyn that they're a team that. Obviously we'll go to the playoffs, but they haven't been all season and still aren't a team that I would pick to go to the finals out of the East. And it's because of that defense, because it's important to have good defense to win games. And I think that offensively, you know, with that big three there now, I think that they are obviously on offense, they're fine, but James Harden's never been a threat on defense, you know? So that's I think the defense is going to cause some problems for them and I think that on paper they look like probably the best team in the east and if you look at that roster people would think that you know they could go to the finals but I their defense is just is horrendous and you can't be giving up leads like that in that short of a period of time and expect that to be good enough to make it to the finals because you can only your offense can only do so much to compensate. You know what I mean? And when you're in close games against good teams in the playoffs, you can't have a defense that's that bad. That's giving up all of these shots late in the game.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I I Actually, I'm I'm surprised we've not had any more uh, chatter uh, on on the wire about uh, who they're going to get as their kind of replacement center. Um, Last week it was rumored they were looking at a trade for JaVale McGee. Um, JaVale McGee does a lot. But I don't think he covers up for the fact that they—they just—they don't seem to stop anyone going into the paint. So if you're if you're just relying on your one center, just you know blocking all these shots away, that's probably not going to work. Um, so I really do I really do worry about them, and I think like um, Steve Nash needs to take a bit of, bit of a closer look at his roster and decide how are we going to sort this issue because it's it's not this is not a one off game you're given when you're giving up over 120 points pretty much every other game so it's it's a worry it's a definite and definite worry
1: the other problem with them now is from that trade they pretty much gave up everything they gave up all of their depth and and a lot of their young players that they could have had in the future to get james harden so they kind of put all of their eggs into you know it's championship or a bust now and so if they can't win now with James Harden and what they gave up they're kind of going to be starting at the bottom again if they if they can't win in the next couple years because a lot there's so much pressure on them now after they executed that trade and you know especially they've done this type of trade before we saw it happen with the Celtics and it ended up working out in the Celtics benefit but not for Brooklyn so I think that for them they should be concerned about their lack of, of of a defense right now and and just how they're playing on that side of the ball because I think everybody knows the fans know like you know everybody knows in Brooklyn that this is a kind of a must-win championship or bust type of mentality because they they literally threw all their eggs into that basket and now they don't have their young talent that they had on that roster that was that really was their depth so I think that there's there's issues there, and if they can't figure out what if they can't figure this out now or soon, then they're going to have serious problems in the future.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think that trade did help a few teams. Um, it also helped a few individuals, namely um, Jarrett Allen. He's, he seems like he's gonna found a, a definite home in Cleveland. So yeah. much so that obviously now they're talking about mo- possibly moving on from Drummond and having him as the the starting centre. Um also along with that, obviously Karis Levert, um obviously he's 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 found out he's he's in a bit of a kind of bad way and they they, they found it early and they've I think they've already had the, the surgery, haven't they? Uh with Karis. So he he's gonna be out for uh a few a few weeks if not maybe a couple of months. Um but obviously that that trade worked out better for him in the long run. Um, And it also seemed to kind of uh, work out much, much better for Houston. As we kind of alluded to earlier, um, I I just had them in in, a little kind of section that I had uh, under teams looking to put a run together. So Houston was the the first one I had there. Um, Obviously, they're kind of piecing things around uh, Victor Oladipo, John Wall, whenever he's possibly fit to run up and down the court every now and again. Uh, And Boogie Cousins um, making... The occasional start, just when uh, Woods out. What, what's your take on how Houston have really kind of taken on the fact that they got all these pieces uh, instead of one superstar, and how how they've kind of reacted to that that trade?
1: Yeah, you know, Houston is intriguing to me because we we knew that the, that they were thinking about trading Harden, but they kept saying, you know, we're not going to trade him until we at you know the best offer that we can possibly get which which makes sense um and at the end of the day though it's like it almost seems like they're better off without Harden when it's all said and done based on all the pieces that they got for him they now have a much more talented roster with a diverse a diverse players more that that can do a lot on on the on the court and and they've they have a lot more depth now too it seems like and based on how they're playing right now it's almost like they're kind of not really missing Harden as much as people would think that they were. And I think that they are a team that maybe can't win this year. Cause I do think they need one, one or two more pieces to actually be able to win this year. But I think that they're, they're getting there. And I think they're closer now than they kind of were when they had Harden cause they have more pieces that they can use. Cause they never really had pieces. They always just had like, you know, Harden and maybe one other superstar to play with him. Um, And those other superstars left because for, I mean, you know, multiple reasons, but James Harden was always a hard player to play with. So they didn't really have a lot of other talent to make up their roster. So it almost seems like now it kind of is setting them up more for success going going forward than if they still had Harden, because they were able to fill some gaps in their roster. And it, it almost seems to me like they benefited more from trading him than, they, than where they'd be right now if they still had him.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I I actually think that, like, since they traded Harden, I think that they're not done. I think they're going to look to move maybe a couple more of those kind of elderly kind of statesmen on, um, such as P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon, just to clear up the space for some of these younger guys, these kind of more flexible and uh, more uh, inexperienced and you know fiery guys to come into the into the into their roster and take up some some big big minutes and um, what what what's, what's your take on how how they're going to be looking to to build on this and um, throughout the rest of the year do you think they're going to um stick with this whole roster out or do you think they're going to look to maybe clear up some cap space for next year
1: yeah no i um i actually agree with you i think that they there's more that they are going to do and that they can do because now that they have the room to do it, I think if they can clear up some more roster space, then there's going to be so much that they can do with that next year. And I really think that they're on their way to, to, um, you know, being a successful team. And I think that with the way that they've been playing now, obviously there's still work that has to be done there for them in order to be serious contenders, but I think they're on their way. And I, I do, I do think that they're going to end up, trying to move some more players around because it's, it's going to be in their best interest to have all of that space that they can really use heading into next season, especially too. And I think that they're going to be one of those teams that's really lined up well for the future if they do make a couple more moves, because then they can really take advantage of all the space they're going to have. And I think that now that they don't have James Harden anymore, they were able to really see more clearly what their gaps were and what the issues in that roster were. So I think that they, if they do, if they make a couple more moves, shop a couple more players, then I think that they definitely are on track to have a really good future. And, and, you know, there, there's a lot of talent over there. And um, I think that they're a team that I could see being, being, pretty lined up well that that could be a force to be reckoned with in the next couple of years if they just make a couple more more moves and just clear some space out because they already have some of the pieces and I think that there's kind of one or two more pieces to really make them a championship caliber team but they they're definitely on on the right track and I'm I'm surprised but also not at the same time with how I've seen them play and what I've actually seen from them since they Gotten rid of Harden. And I think that a lot of people were skeptical about how they would play. But when I saw what they were getting back for him, I was like, no, this is actually going to be good for them. I think. I think that they really did um, benefit a lot from this trade. And then when you saw the breakdown of all the teams involved and everybody moving and who the Nets were giving up and what they were getting, I was like, I think this is actually really going to be beneficial for Houston. I think that going forward, If they make a couple more moves this year, I think that they're going to be really lined up for the future. You know, I mean, Christian Wood is good and Boogie and obviously John Wall now. So there's, there's some pieces there. I think that they're definitely a team to kind of watch as we go forward, just to see what they do with, with it to kind of resolve some of those other holes and, and really take advantage of, um, of that um, cap space when they have it.
0: Yeah, I I'm actually the the most surprising thing about the whole trade for me is the fact that uh, when the trade happened, um, Victor Oladipo I think came out on Twitter or on Instagram or something like that. He he was very adamant that he wasn't going to be staying in Houston. Um, took him one game and then suddenly he's he's in love. He's just, you know he's he's totally settled. I think he was he came out and he said oh, I want to go to the Miami, um which was you know it was a big shock. Um so for him now to be very uh, almost uh, explicit in his commitment to Houston. Um, i think that's the that's the biggest win for them the fact that they've they've almost kind of won him over.
1: yeah cuz he's so talented and and the fact that he indicated that he wants to stay there is really good for them because he's just one of those many pieces that they have now but that was the fact that they got him out of the whole deal is is key for them cuz he's a the type of player that is a talent that would be desirable pretty much anywhere. So the fact that he's saying he wants to be there is really, really good for them because that's that's a good sign for their future because they can kind of focus on that when they build their roster and just kind of keep filling those holes based on um, him and other players that they know are are in, are in Houston right now to stay.
0: Yeah, um, I think this kind of leads us quite nicely on to the, the other team that was I was uh, looking at that looked like they're going to be putting a bit of a run together, the Charlotte Hornets. Now, um, me and James talked a bit about uh, the Charlotte Hornets at the very, very start of the year, and I kind of tipped them for sneaking in, in the, the, kinda, the playoff race, um, mainly for the fact that I thought they were going to take the place of on the Magic. Now, I didn't think that the Mike was going to have even more injuries than they, they already had, um, but I thought that the fact that they're a little bit not as as deep as previous years, I thought that was going to hurt them, and the fact that Charlotte seemed to now have, you know, m- multiple people that can play a variety of positions, and they've got Gordon Hayward, who's obviously coming off a bit of a bad stint at Boston, had, had some to prove. So... I, I really i uh, am um, excited to watch how Charlotte are kind of doing things, especially uh, with LaMelo Ball kind of leading the charge down there. What's, what's your take on how Charlotte have kind of put this run together?
1: Yeah, I think that they have a lot more to them than people think. And I think that Gordon Hayward, obviously with him going there in the first place, people were a little skeptical just because of his history in Boston and all of the injuries and the fact that he just couldn't stay healthy. Um, But he's after his time in Boston, he wants to make a statement and he wants to prove to people that he can still be Utah Gordon Hayward that everybody's been waiting to see because that Gordon Hayward is the Gordon Hayward that, we were hoping to see when he came to Boston. So I, him having something to prove LaMelo ball being there. I mean, Terry Rozier is there too. And, you know, um, miles bridges, they have a lot of t- talent on that team too. And I think that there's some key players there that could help put a run together. I think, you know, right now it doesn't obviously seem like they are going to be a top team or anything like that, but but they – I mean, they. Can, I think that they. there's still room for improvement there. I think they're still growing there. And, and you know, right now – I mean, right now they're an eighth in the East, which is not – which is really not bad considering everything that they've gone through. And I think that they – that's a, a good place for them to be right now because if they continue to play good basketball, then they could be in the playoffs too. And the thing about them is – I think that they're a team that if if everybody really can click, they could be really dangerous when it comes to the playoffs. Because with LaMelo Ball leading the charge and some of the other talent they have there, if they can just get everybody to stay locked in with each other and the chemistry that they could possibly build there, I think that could actually be a team that could be dangerous in the playoffs and could sneak by some of the teams at the top of the East that are more expected to win, And I think Charlotte, I could see them honestly being one of those surprise teams this year that that nobody really had expectations with, but finds a way to sneak into the playoffs and then ends up making a longer run than people think that they were going to make. And so they're definitely a team that I'm keeping an eye on. And I think adding Gordon Hayward was something that they really needed. And if, if he can stay healthy and is playing good basketball, then I think that they're a team that that teams in the other teams in the East should start to look out for because they seem to have added what they needed now to really focus and make a run. And granted this year, I don't think is their year to win the whole thing either, but they're on a right a good path too. And if they can continue to do what they're doing now, I do think in the next couple of years, they can be right up there in the East with those top teams like Philly and Milwaukee and the Nets and um, I, I just really think that it's I'm, I'm going to be interested in seeing how the rest of the season goes for them, because I do think Gordon Hayward, if he stays healthy, is going to prove to be a really, really valuable to- asset to that team.
0: Yeah, I think I think he'll be I think he'll be fine already because he's already had his uh, his Mr. Glass moment he broke his hand so he'll be yeah. he'll be fine for like a couple of months you know so yeah exactly not, not, which is not just, that long like, to go is,
1: which is like not surprising to anybody because that's just what happens to Quinn hayward that's just kind of how he is but i mean when he comes back though i mean if if he it, it's it's just a health issue with him i mean if the guy just stays healthy he can play really really good basketball and i think that they if if they can really really utilize his strengths when he does come back, I think that he's going to prove to be a really valuable asset to that team. And it, and it really could, could take them deeper into the postseason. I think than people are realizing because when Gordon Hayward plays well, he's really, really good and, and he can do a lot and he can make things happen on the court. So I think that if, if he can stay healthy when he returns and they can just do, they can just, really utilize his strengths, then I think that that's going to be a, a good team. And I think going into the season this year and all of this talk about the moves they were going to make and, and what was going on in Charlotte, I think they have a pretty good team they put together over there. So I think that there's going to be, there's going to be uh, some interesting things to watch out for with them as the rest of the season progresses. Because I do think that they're better than, than people think and maybe even better than their record shows right now.
0: A lot of COVID protocols um, happened again this week. We saw Kawhi and uh, Paul George um, get caught up in it this time. They only missed two games. What's your take on how they only get to miss two games, but other people who are caught in similar situations um, have to miss weeks on weeks?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that there's a lot of things that have really been inconsistent in the league. And I think that there are are some things that they need to establish that need to reflect with everybody. And it almost seems like they, they adjust based on the circumstance and the team and the players involved. And I really just don't really agree with what they did with, with Kawhi and PG. Cause I think that it was warranted for them to miss more games than they actually did. And I feel like it's setting a bad precedent and a bad message For similar situations going forward too because now it's going to be like the league's going to be under more pressure to you know really figure things out and 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 lock down on things because you can't be changing things or just kind of being inconsistent based on the situation and who's involved and I think that this is the type of situation where the writing was already on the wall, and they should have missed more games than, than they than they did. And I think that that's going to be an issue going forward if similar situations aren't treated the same way.
0: Yeah, I think we we already kind of saw a similar situation when uh, Kevin Durant was caught up in it as well. I believe yeah. he missed uh, I believe he missed three games. Um, so it does seem to be like if you're if you're a quote unquote superstar you get slightly better treatments than some of the other younger guys who are maybe not quite as established. So it will be interesting to see how this kind of develops and see what kind of... It really
1: of... does seem that way, though. And, and it's, it's unfortunate because it really is. If you're like a big superstar or a big contributor to your team, it just seems like you get treated differently, even if the situation is very similar or the same.
0: Yeah. Um it will be, it will be one something really to kind of keep a, a close eye on as the as the season goes on. Um so yeah, this this kind of takes us now uh nicely to our look ahead. Now uh I'll give you a little bit chance to kind of think about two games maybe you're looking forward to. I'll I'll rattle off my two that I'm really looking forward to. Um the first one I'm really looking forward to is tomorrow night's fixture with uh the clippers and the nets. Um I don't think the one's going to be quite as high scoring. I think the Clippers are going to play some real good lockdown defense and really put the Nets to the sword. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a bit lopsided at some stages. Um, so that that will be a real good one uh, from my from my side to kind of really see how the Nets cope with a a defense that are really going to give them some tough tough questions. Uh, yeah, and that's the, the
1: game that I'm excited to see too. I think that that's going to be a really, really interesting game. Um, I, you know, I'm still concerned about that Nets defense, and I think that that's going to be going to come through against a team like the Clippers. I, I really just, I think that's going to be a good game, but I think that there's a lot of questions there when it comes to Brooklyn still.
0: Yeah, uh, and the the second one that I'd highlighted for a uh, uh, a bit of a closer watch. Is uh, another match with uh, New Orleans v Indiana Pacers on Friday. Now, I'm pretty sure the last time that I watched uh, this game, now I think they've already played twice this season. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Um, maybe I'm just making up that that second game. Um, but the last time they, they played. Um, It was, you know, really back and forth. Um, One team went up big 15 points, another team went up big 15 points. And I'm pretty sure the Pacers stole it at the end via TJ McConnell and Victor Oladipo getting some key, key steals right at at the death uh, and uh, take them to overtime and then eventually ran away with it. So it'll be a real good watch, I think.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's going to be a good game to watch too. And I mean, New Orleans is one of those teams. I think that, you know, they've, they've been kind of a frustrating team to watch this year and and they've had some, some struggles, but I'm excited to see that game too. I think that there's, it's going to be intriguing to kind of just see how those two teams go at it.
0: What what's your take on the the Lonzo ball trade rumors? Do you think he's going to get he's going to get shipped out?
1: Yeah, see, that's one of those things that like I've looked at and haven't really taken it too seriously. Yeah, just because it's I think it's it's still kind of early to say. I think it really depends on where they're at as the season progresses because I think that I definitely could see them trading him if their season kind of continues to go the way that it's going now, because I think that there's other valuable assets that they could get. And if you don't think that you can really be competitors with other teams, then, you know, why would you, why would you keep him? I I really feel like there's a possibility that they might, but I just think it's going to be heavily based on kind of how the season progresses for them from here. And granted, I mean, there's a lot of talent on that team too, but there's holes that they could still fill. And I think that they could benefit from trading him, but I don't know that they actually will pull the trigger and do that unless they really, unless this season is, is kind of a lost cause for them.
0: Yeah. I, I, I am, um, I think that they're, they're looking to make quite a lot of moves. um, so I would not be surprised if they do pull that trigger because I think I heard uh read the other day that um JJ Reddick has been tipped to to leave them to go to the Knicks. Yeah. Um I don't know why to the Knicks. Um they have about fifty bazillion guards who they just don't seem to want to ever play. So but obviously Tom Thibodeau, he wants the veterans, he wants the experience, even though they're they're rookie, Emmanuel man is just lighting it up. Um so it'll be a bit interesting one to to watch to see if he does go to the Knicks and uh how many other people uh follow him out the doors cuz he was he was really seen as the as the veteran leadership uh role in new orleans so it'll yeah, be...
1: i think if he goes it'll be a spiral effect where they would then start to make a lot of moves and and you would see a lot of roster changes there i, I think he kind of was yeah the glue and like the veteran leadership that they kind of needed that they would be lacking if he leaves so then at that point if he goes you kind of have to make more moves because you need to address some of those issues and some of those holes so I, I think that that would be kind of the starting point and if he leaves it'd be a domino effect and we'd see them make all kinds of moves after that
0: yeah and um, did you um have we look at the schedule and see if you had any other games that you were liking the look of
1: um yeah so yeah there's there's some good games Coming up here, it looks like I think that on Wednesday, the Sixers play the Hornets. I think that could be an interesting game to watch. Um, the Sixers have been playing really, really well, but um, I think that one could be kind of intriguing um, to see there, um, just with, with the way that the Hornets are are kind of, that have kind of been a surprise right now. I mean, I think that they could, that they could beat Philly. Um so that could be, you look at some of these teams and some of these matchups that in, in a regular season minus COVID, I feel like would be great games. You know what I mean? But then like you take, you consider all these, all these COVID absences and everything. And it just changes so much about the dynamic of a lot of these games. Um, so yeah, no, those would be the ones that I would say. Um, uh, the box. Yeah. The Pacers box are playing on Wednesday. Um yeah, no, so those are the ones for sure I think that are going to be intriguing to me because I am interested in um, kind of just seeing what happens with the Pacers too. So um, they're another team that I'm going to be keeping an eye on also because they've um, they've been playing pretty good basketball too. So I think that that, that could be an interesting game, but Milwaukee is, is, is still Milwaukee at the end of the day.
0: What what's what's your take on on the bucks? Um, just I I usually we usually talk about the bucks at some point on on the podcast. Um, we haven't we haven't actually talked um this week on them. Um, I I am uh, very of the opinion that the great regular season team, great regular season coach, terrible terrible playoff team, terrible. Um, yeah, I, that,
1: yeah. <laughs> really. I,
0: um, like,
1: I, you know, the thing about them is you kind of hit the nail on the head with the terrible playoff team thing. And they did make some moves this off to kind of address some of their problems that they had. And on paper, they still are going to be one of the best teams in the East. And I mean, they're going to be a team that a lot of teams or a lot of people are probably going to pick to go to the finals, but I can never ever pick them because yeah, they made some moves, but overall it's still kind of a really similar circumstance and they're not a completely different team. And I still don't really feel like I can put them confidently in the finals. still. And obviously in the regular season, they're going to be a threat. And I think they're a team that everybody in the East still has to be concerned about just because, you know, if, if it's coming, if you're a bubble team to make the postseason and you still have to play the Bucks in the regular season. When it comes down to some of those crunch time games, I think that that's a team that people would be worried about. But then when it comes to the postseason, I think there's some of these other teams that if they really figure their things out, could play better basketball than Milwaukee. And I mean, the thing about Giannis is like, he want he wants to play there and everything. And he came out and said he wants to play there and they, they signed into that extension, but the, I just don't know that Milwaukee is a team that he can really win a championship with. I really think that if they don't win the whole thing in the next couple of years, that he needs, he really needs to consider playing somewhere else just because unless they change some more things there with their system and their coaching and how they operate, I just don't see them winning a championship even with Giannis. So I think that they're one of those teams that I'm always conflicted on every year because I'm always like, yeah, they look great in the regular season. I mean, they're going into the playoffs really strong and then they just prove everybody wrong because they can't win when it matters. So I think that my opinion on them and on that situation hasn't changed. I really still don't think that they're going to go all the way this year. I think that obviously they can, they have, they have the, the talent to be able to go, but there's just something about them in the postseason where they can't Deliver, and I still feel that way now. I really don't
0: think that that changed. Yeah, I think I think so too. Um, bit of a bit of a weird question. Um, you've got two options. If you pick the th- the person that makes the shot, you win a million dollars. Dwight Howard making a free throw or Giannis making a three pointer.
1: Oh God, that's such a tough question. Uh. I'd have oh gosh no it's so complicated. Um, <laughs> I, I'd have to go with Giannis to be honest though.
0: I think I would be Giannis as well actually. Seeing, I, I, seeing, I really I,
1: I really don't think I can pick Dwight Howard and feel confident in that decision.
0: Yeah, see, seeing how far back he's now standing the free throw line, he's going to be taking a taking a three pointer soon. He's probably got better three pointer percentages and free throws anyway, so.
1: Yeah, no, that was a good question, though, because I I really, that one's tough, but I I, I definitely feel more confident saying Giannis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that brings us to the end of our show tonight. Gabby, thanks very much for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you. It was was definitely a lot of fun. I think we're definitely in for a fun rest of the season. And here's to hoping that the COVID opt-outs and potential future for COVID doesn't Throw things off because there's a lot of teams that are playing really well right now, and I would hate to see that be ruined because of COVID.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.